I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. Americana Fest is in full swing. Thousands of people from all over the globe have traveled to our city to hear legendary performers and discover what fresh new voices are emerging in the genre. Americana is reflective of, well, America. In other words, it contains multitudes. Today, we'll invite a few musicians to talk about the scene here in Nashville and what Americana means to them. Here to give us an update on what people can expect at this year's Americana Fest, we have Nashville Public Radio senior music writer Julie Height with us. Hey, Julie, what's up? Hey, glad to be here. Glad to have you with us. Okay, so what's new for this year's festival? Well, I mean, it, Americana is always has always been this construct, this community, this scene, this industry of people who gather around the idea of traditional forms and their offshoots. And this year, what I'm seeing now that we are halfway through the festival and conference is on the one hand, there is, you know, so much attention being paid to the legacies, the elders, those towering pioneers. I mean, there are events paying tribute to or examining the long legacy of Hank Williams and of mm. Lucinda Williams and of Nancy Griffith and of Fame Records and music from 1973. So now there are multiple generations of of elders, you know, that are looked to. So that's that's right there at the center as it has been kind of from the beginning. But I'm also seeing just more expansion out from that and a wider array of different voices and artists, different kinds of people that are, you know, finding and congregating with like-minded musicians and, um, you know, finding community and showing up and choosing to participate. And I'm thinking of everything from, I mean, there there was a panel on ambient Americana this okay, year, okay. which that's a, that's a new thing. And there, for the first time, was a panel bringing together trans voices in the Roots music scene. That's a new thing to have its own space. And there's much more indigenous representation, an array of indigenous artists uh, participating in showcases and conversations this year. So it's kind of both of those things at the same time and voices, you know, very young voices that kind of lean into the indie rock side of Americana. Is there an artist that exemplifies what you're talking about as far as the expansion of the genre? Yes, there is. Her name is Allison Russell, and she just so happens to be the artist of the month for WNXP. But that is not why that is not why I'm giving her as an answer. Okay. Um, she exemplifies, especially right now, since she's been in a breakthrough moment for the last couple of years, but the way that she has used her time in the spotlight, um, she is such an example of, on the one hand, showing that she's standing on the shoulders of those who came before her, but also, um, helping just hold the door open and bring an array of other artists with her who are um, queer performers or gender expansive women, people of color. 
And she's also just transcended what what have been stylistic barriers in the past so that she's doing all kinds of stuff with musical traditions that are a little bit more recent than you tend to hear in Roots music typically, like from the disco era, from, you know, I mean, working with she's following those threads of black musical innovation and music made for the dance floor, you know, from the later 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And she's got Wendy and Lisa on her new album, along with this whole array of musicians that play with her called the Rainbow Coalition. Okay, so I'm, you mean Wendy and Lisa from the Revolution who played yes. with Prince yes. on the new album. Yes, so those are the elders that she chose to to work with on her album. Oh, wow. So she's incorporating like four. So four on the floor disco music yes. is meeting Americana with yes. what Alison Russell is yes. doing. It's all, it's all fair game to her. Everything, everything that she draws inspiration from and the musicians that she loves to work with draw inspiration from it's all fair game. All right. I just got just about a minute left. Have you gone to any events so far at this year's fest? I mean, I yes, I've been I've been around as much as I possibly uh, could be. And just yesterday, I did three back to back panels. So Allison Russell was on one of those. We were talking about um, artists and activism, how how some really compelling voices kind of use their their agency in a lot of different ways to communicate what they feel like is important. And then I got to sit down with Sarah Silverman oh, wow. and Nickel Creek. So we were talking about how she uses music, how they incorporate humor. And then I got to have a really deep conversation about songwriting with Mary Gaucher. That's really awesome. Yeah. Americana Fest is something for us to see this year, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much more stuff that I'm going to try and catch, uh, you know, this this week. If I can if I can just rally, muster the energy. A lot of shows tonight, tomorrow night and Saturday. Well, yeah. you're, you're someone we all know who runs 50 to 100 mile races. I'm sure you have plenty of energy to spare. <laughs> Don't make assumptions. <laughs> okay. Americana Fest runs through Saturday, September 23rd. For more information, you can go to Americana Music. Org. Julie Height is Nashville Public Radio senior music writer. Julie, thank you so much for this update. You are so welcome. All right, sit back and enjoy our Americana episode from last year where we talk with artists about who the genre is for. And as we get close to wrapping up our fall fun drive, take some time to show your support for This Is Nashville and WPLN. And thank you so much for your support. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. You're listening to a rebroadcast of an episode we aired last September for Americana Fest. Today's show is a little truncated, but you can always listen to the full version wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we'll pick up the program in progress. Enjoy. It's almost 7 o'clock, and Exit In is packed. It's the third night of Americana Fest, and tonight, folks are waiting for country folk singer-songwriter Charles Wesley Godwin to take the stage. Hey, I'm going to see you in Nashville. They've come from all over to be here 
tonight. We're from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. California. Oh, no, I'm from Oh, no, Dallas. we're from Texas. I am from Murfreesboro. So, what is Americana to these folks? A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll, a lot of fun. Any intersection of folk, country, and rock, I would say is the textbook definition that doesn't neatly fall into another category. Uh, country music for liberals is another definition I've heard tossed around. American roots, not defined by any mainstream genre, but anything that pulls on the traditional music that defined America. Oh my gosh, I'm not the best person to ask. I'm, I'm not even American. <laughs> Honestly, I define it as not bubblegum music, country music. It's got a little influence of like jazz, bluegrass, pop, rock, everything that you like that isn't like radio country, and that's what I appreciate. My next guests have their own thoughts about the genre as artists themselves. Samuel Herb and Kyle Daniel, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So I'd like to start off by asking what America mean, Americana means to each of you, Samuel. Oh, um, Americana is just a place for everybody to be themselves and have a good time listening to music. All right. I like that. That's pretty straight up and down. Kyle, uh, how would you define it? I like uh, I liked earlier they were talking about the melting pot of you know the roots of of American music. I think that was was pretty head on. I think that's good. What you I saw you both as we were listening to that real quick. You both kind of had a little chuckle and smile when they the one person said it's country music for liberals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, you have like the outlaw country movement back in the day with, you know, Willie and Waylon talking about things that weren't necessarily popular in country music and especially not traditional country music. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we're just a couple of generations later doing the same thing, but everybody's can do it. It's not just Willie and Waylon. It's it's a large collective of people doing doing the thing that is uh, Americana and just I don't know. It, it, it's 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 funny, but it's just so true. Okay, so Samuel, tell me, how did you get your start making music? Um, I started playing. Um, well, I started writing lyrics when I was fifteen, and um, a friend of mine at my synagogue was a guitar player, and I would take my lyrics to him, and we would write songs. And then um, every, I was like, man, I gotta learn how to play these. So I picked up the ukulele when I was sixteen, and then guitar at seventeen, and moved to Nashville. Um, like the last semester of college and took my last three classes online. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. And you made the jump. You took the leap. Yeah. I mean, um, I finished second in um, American Songwriters Magazine's like lyric contest. And I was like, all right, I can actually write. I can actually do this. And uh, I went to NSAI's like songwriting camp thing. And they were like, you just, you should probably move here. And I was like, all right, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, Kyle, how about you? How'd you get started? Well, uh, I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky, right up the road, and I started playing when I was 16 and sneaking into bars that I wasn't even allowed into um, playing as a young dude. And and that kind of went from me with some of my buddies to me playing lead guitar for other acts and then, you know, finally settling into the fact that I wanted to be the front man again. <laughs> so uh, I went to MTSU and um, got a music business degree, came to Nashville about 13 years ago and have kind of done it all from tour management to merchandise management to playing for somebody to now back again as Kyle Daniel. Okay, so back to when you were in school, 
16 years old, sneaking into these bars, playing. Yeah. Were you all that good that the bar managers would overlook the fact that you all are underage? Well, I, I would I would probably say yes. Uh, the the famous dive bar in Bowling Green is called Tidballs. John Tidball, uh, one of the owners, and and Jarvis are good buddies of mine. They would they would probably attest to the fact that they overlooked the fact that I was young, and they could be you know in trouble with the ABC folks mm-hmm. uh, because they uh, they believed in me, and they believed in me ever since, and and it you know always meant something. How did that feel to have that type of support at such a young age? That it's taking you where you are now. It's it was awesome because there were it wasn't just tidballs. It was State Street Pub. It was the Brewing Company. It was 440 Main. There were different venues that once it started, they you know were a little more accepting of the fact that you know I was a young pup and they're trying to to play music and and it was it was great to have that kind of hometown love. Mm-hmm. Now Samuel, tell me what are who are some of the artists that have influenced your style? Oh geez. Um, well, um, I would say that musically, the Jason Mraz, um, Jack Johnson, um, I mean, I grew up listening to country radio um, just forever. Um, but like when you talk about lyrically, um, I love Lil Wayne. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. <laughs> um, just that like comedic, like genius of Lil Wayne. Um, I feel a lot of that in what I write. Um, just. I, I, yeah, that's kind of the people I listen to. And right now I, I love Lizzo. I don't, that, that is. She's on top right now. Yeah. She's on fire. Just, I mean, even before that, I actually, I'd never heard of Lizzo until, um, her last record came out and it was an NPR, uh, like interview with her. And I was like, I've never, they're not even playing her music, but I want to listen to it just mm-hmm. based on who this person is. Um, and Describe your music for us. My music is, um, it's considered, like, by definition, it's folk soul. Um, but um, that's just because I write folky songs, because that's my experience as a human. Um, but I have, I'm a huge, I mean, going back to influences, like James Brown, um, anything that was, like, big and... Um, Respectfully, a lot of horns. I was going to say horny, mm-hmm. but I probably shouldn't have anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good call. <laughs> anything that's big and a lot of horns, um, that that's kind of my music. Yeah, I play I play the uke, so it's it's just a weird mix of fun. Have you ever listened to the horn, the, ten, the, the Tennessee horns that made like Al Green songs and other soul songs so famous in the sixties and seventies? I would like to take a deeper dive, but I I don't know enough to like have a conversation about it get on the diving board and take that dive my friend i think you'll like it now kyle how did you come to find americana music like who were the artists that introduced you to the genre i would say will hogue was probably the first artist that would be tried and true americana that i fell in love with and uh was fortunate enough to be able to write and collaborate with will a couple times uh he's a great dude but Mm. as far as influences um I grew up a huge Allman Brothers fan. I loved Greg Allman, the way he could tell a story and relate, um, you know, his real life experiences in these songs. And you could feel the the genuine nature. Um, you listen to folks like Tom Petty and Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen and those kind of cats. It's like they were living what they were singing about. It wasn't some fabricated thing to try to hit radio. They, they were really, they were talking about their life. And so uh, I think that was what initially kind of drew me to Americana was was Will Hogue, you know, when when because you feel you listen to him and you instantly feel that that dude is real. 
He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's speaking the truth about his own life. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. Nashville's Americana Fest kicked off a few days ago. This hour, we're talking about the genre with local musicians Samuel Herb and Kyle Daniel. So, Samuel, you've got a new song coming out soon. You're actually going to give us a sneak peek today, which is very cool of you. Yeah. It's called This Dress Has Pockets. Let's listen. And how everything you like just happened to be in your size And this dress has pockets Think of all the things it can hold Chastic, your phone Ideas tie your hands when they're feeling cold Your joy is contagious I really like that. I like that a lot. You're talking about Thank your influences. Like right before the chorus came, I was listening and it, I kind of felt like I was listening to, is Bob Marley one of your influences? Yeah. I, I yeah. felt that. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot. Like, so <laughs> when you're in high school, um, I don't know if everybody has this experience, but as a music lover, I went from like the Lil Wayne like phase of my learning about music to some girl that I thought was cute in my class going, have you ever heard of Jack Johnson? Uh-huh. To like, wow, I love this. To then finding Jason Mraz, to then finding Jason Mraz's influences were Bob Marley. So yes, <laughs> long story short, yes, I did. Nice. He is one of my uh, influences. For well sure. done, sir. Well done. Now, Kyle, you described your music as Southern man's working music based off of your own life experiences. We're going to listen to one of your songs now called Following the Rain. Some live in the sunshine. Out under the blue sky But all I know Is I ain't built that way There must be some kind of curse I got With a heart like a witch and rod And I just keep on following the rain Just another dark cloud Springsteen is an influence, and I hear that in there. Very well done. Tell me, what inspired that song? You know, the past couple years have been rough on all of us, man. And I think one thing that we have failed to kind of put in the spotlight is the fact that mental health has taken a rapid decline. I mean, you know, it's not always easy to talk about. I personally um, fought it a lot myself. You know, I was I was over in London about to open up for Eric Church in front of 35,000 people at the O2 Arena right mm-hmm. when this whole thing started. And I had to come home on emergency flights and I sat there and um, I tried to be as, you know, productive as I possibly could by writing songs. And I, and I cut this record down in Muscle Shoals, but um, it was tough. It was, I went through a, a deep depression for quite some time and, uh, and that was what this song was about. And thankfully able to to work myself back out of that, you know. You were talking about performing overseas. What's what's the reception of Americana in other countries? Man, it's 
it's a different ball game over there, totally. Um, I just got back. I did two weeks over um, in Europe. I did um, did London and did four or five shows in Germany, and then I came back and was in York and Leicestershire and did a big festival called the Long Road Festival. And um, just the reception, the hunger for music over there overall is completely different. And I think that the folks really connect to the songs. They want to know about the backstory. They want to know where it came from because they become their favorite song and they're telling everybody they know about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, Samuel, in your opinion, what does Americana mean to Nashville? Ooh, um, I would say Americana to Nashville is a safe space to just kind of do your thing and be yourself. I mean, I moved here to write country songs and that was it. Um, like I just wanted to be a country writer. I wanted to be the nice Jewish kid that's behind the scenes that has like 12 number one hits on the wall and nobody ever knows my name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found that writing songs for um, pop country radio was not fulfilling to who I am as a human being. Um, and I found the Americana genre and uh, it just allows me to be myself and literally whatever I am and want to be. So that's, I think that it allows Nashville to have this home for people to do their thing. That's Americana artist Samuel Herb. He is joined by Kyle Daniel. Thanks to you both for joining us. Really great to talk with you. And thanks to you for tuning in to this rebroadcast of last year's episode about Americana Fest. When we come back, we'll talk with nationally known artists Lily Lewis and Reese Palmer. We'll be right back. And this is Nashville. You're listening to a rebroadcast of an episode that first aired for last year's Americana Fest. Today's episode is shortened for time. You can always hear the full version wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the episode in progress. Americana represents America. But for a genre that's supposed to celebrate a national identity, it's traditionally been overwhelmingly white and male. But our country is a melting pot, and a lot of artists are working to change the genre. We are pleased to have our next guest with us today. Lily Lewis is an American singer-songwriter and folk artist from New Orleans, and Reese Palmer is a country artist who spent a decade immersed in Nashville's country music scene, but now lives in Philadelphia. Reese, Lily, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having us. Such. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, I'm very proud of where I'm from. I'm from Durham. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So now, now, Reese, you made your debut in 2007 with your single Country Girl. And you were actually the first black woman to chart a country song since Donna Mason back in the late 80s. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So tell me, what first got you into this genre of music? Um, I started out listening to country music with my mother. I grew up in a household where both of my parents are from Georgia. And so country music was just as much a part of the musical tapestry in my household as R&B and gospel and pop and rock and all of that. And I think 
what I gravitated towards was the storytelling aspect, the instrumental aspect, and, and just the tones of the singers and and all of that. And I just, I really, I, it resonated with me. Um, I, you know, I've always been a storyteller. I've always been a songwriter from, for as long as I could remember. And it just made an indelible impression on me as a child. And, and it stuck with me. And, and that's what I decided to do with my life. So let me ask, what does Americana mean to you? Well, I think in the last segment, y'all said it perfectly and succinctly. I think that Americana music is a representation of all of the the roots of popular American music. Um, it's reflective of all the different cultures that came to this country, whether you came here voluntarily or involuntarily. The things that we all brought to this country um, melted melted together in this quote unquote melting pot that we live in. And, um, you know, it, it, it's the basic ingredients that make up, you know, all the sub genres of music that we now have. Lily, same question. What is Americana to you? You know, I, I consider Americana the bread and butter of any music that you're going to encounter in a live space in your community that you, you know, um, like any, any bar or venue that is hosting live music by, you know, by local musicians, even um, whether it's in the Northeast, the Midwest, West Coast, everybody's got their own brand of what they're going to host. But if you see a live musician playing their instrument in, you know, in one of these spaces in your community, you're encountering Americana. Um, it's a it's a really broad stroke genre because of all the influences that pour into it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really people speaking their truths to one another. Um, and and it can be as intimate or as big, you know, as it needs to be to get the story told, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it can cross from, you know, us folky folk, you know, all the way to commercial country, you know, that 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 Reese came up and, um, you know, and I um, again, I, I come from Georgia uh, my father's people, you know, pick cotton uh, and sugarcane, and um, and he raised me on Conway Twitty and Charlie Pride, and you know, a lot. And Kenny Rogers had a house right down the street, mm. and and all of that, all both the genre that those people lived in, um, and everything that influenced it, um, influenced those voices, those human voices. Uh, has a home in Americana. So we're we're a big tent genre. <laughs> Would you say that the genre is evolving? Yeah, I, I want to take that. <laughs> 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 well, first of all, hi, Lily. Hi, um, Reese. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. Okay. Um, okay, now back to what we were talking about. Um, no, I, I think that... Um, I think we're in the beginning stages of an evolution. I'll say that mm. because uh, the first step is acknowledgement. And, um, and then you have to do something to back up that acknowledgement. And so I'm interested to see what the genre um, and, you know, the genre that I've primarily done business in is country. And so in both country and Americana, now that we've made this acknowledgement that yes, even though things have been overwhelmingly white and male, 
Um, yes, you have a stake in this. Yes, you have a claim in this. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? So I think that's the next step. But I, I see like the I see the beginning. It's like, you know, in the morning when the sun starts to break through. Like it's there's there's like little glimmers. <laughs> there's little glimmers of sunshine and light. And like now, what are we going to do about it? Like, how are we going to make it right? How are we going to set the record straight? How are we going to um, correct the narrative? So, you know, I'm I'm very curious to see what everyone is going to do now, now that we have this information and this knowledge. Well, Lily, how have you seen the genre change over the course of your career? Well, when I got started, uh, I don't think Americana existed as a label. I think it was just burgeoning as a label. And that's how I started to identify as a folk artist. I think in similar ways that Reese identified as a, as a country artist, um, uh, because Oh, well, maybe we had different motivations there, but um, so it was, you know, it was a little, a tiny point of light, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago when Americana started asserting itself in the industry. Um, but as Reese referenced, it was predominantly white. And I was, I was uh, literally um, uninvited from a, a number of the spaces and told that people felt that my music would be too ethnic for their venues. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, uh, you know, play fairs in the, uh, it, it, at home, like in, in Louisiana where I live now and I'd show up and, you know, ready, you know, in country garb and ready to play, you know, our bluegrass music and be asked, you know, Oh, well, what are you going to play? Cause we don't like the hip hop here. We don't like the rap. Okay. You know, so mm -hmm. this was, this was, you know, where where things were um, several years ago, and uh, and not not too long ago, in fact. Um, and I feel like maybe a few years ago, you know, we had pioneers like Reese, like you know, like Miko Marks out there. We had you know other earlier heroes thinking about you know kind of the black women doing this work, like Linda Martell. Um, we did have folks out there, um, but there it was just so limited. And just a few years ago, um, during the pandemic, in fact, I think it's fall of 2022, uh, it, it finally dawned on me, we just need to occupy space. We just need to show up whether or not we feel invited. Um, and that's, you know, that's what, yeah, you know, that's what the other pioneers did. We just needed more of us to do it. Um, and I think that uh, in the last couple of years since then, um, and, and I think and in, in a lot of ways, the charge has been led by Nashville. Um, people had just started to show up in, in throngs, you know, in numbers, whether it was people of color, we have more queer folks showing up um, and really just taking our seat um, and not necessarily waiting for anyone um, to tell us we belong. Uh, we're just bringing amazing music and really good feelings to our audiences. And I think that's what makes the difference in the end because people just love music. You know, they love how it makes it f them feel. It love we've, we all love what music teaches us how to feel. Um, and I think the change that Reese is looking for is happening organically. Although, you know, we can all say it's just a burgeoning, <laughs> you know, it's just a burgeoning thing, mm -hmm. um, but it's happening organically by way of people, you know, allowing themselves to be honest about what they make um, and who they want to share it with. Um, 
All right. Now let's hear a bit of some of your songs. This one is Seeds by Reese Palmer. That. That's a that's a strong anthem right there, Reese. Reese, tell me, how does your ancestral identity, how does that show up in this song? Oh my God. <laughs> um <clears throat> well, first of all, thank you. Um Seeds was written uh in 2014 after the murder of Michael Brown in uh Ferguson, Missouri. I grew up in Eureka, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. And um, I watched all of that unfold. Um, first on Facebook through friends that I still have in, in the city and in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood where it happened. And, um, you know, I'm very familiar with the racial history, the very complicated racial history of St. Louis. And I wanted to say something with the platform that I have. And, um, I think my racial, I, I think my, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, when I name who I am and what I am, I'm black first, I'm a woman. And, um, I, it, I, it can't help but show up in my art because, um, it's at the forefront of all my thoughts. I have, I have a black brother. I have a black father and black uncles. And I think about just the every day that they face that the issues that they face on a regular basis every day. And then I know, I know what my life is as a black woman in the United States and I, and in the world and, and what that means. And I couldn't help but say the things that I say, because I, you know, I try to approach everything positively and from a I, I like solutions rather than complaints and so I tried to figure out a way to say um what I felt needed to be said but to try to do it in a positive way so I mm -hmm. guess to answer your question I think it's all over yeah this song mm -hmm. now Lily you put out a new album last fall titled Americana let's listen to one of those tracks this is Wrecking Ball and I don't want to fight for justice. You see, I take it from an open hand. Well, then I don't want to fight for my power, no. Some people say to take their stand, yeah, yeah. I 
So you named this album Americana. What did you want this work to say about the genre as a whole? We have about a minute left. Well, I noticed that at the time I was being told that I was less American because I claimed my blackness. And mm. I thought that that was kind of hilarious because my people have been here since before that we called ourselves the United States and we're heavily invested here. And I noticed that the gatekeepers of Americana were often white and, 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 you know, was adhering to a specific aesthetic. And I said, well, you know, it depends on, sometimes it depends on what side of the tracks you live on. And I've lived on all the sides of the tracks. And so, um, and so I, I wanted the, the record to represent what Americana looked like in every neighborhood I would have lived in. So I wanted to tell, you know, stories of immigrants and stories of black folks and stories of queer folks and stories of homeless folks and just every, you know, every pocket of what I've experienced on my American journey. That is absolutely wonderful. That is Americana musician Reese Palmer. She was joined by fellow Americana musician Lily Lewis. Thanks to you both for coming onto the show and sharing your talents with us. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. This is Nashville as your production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by our former senior producer, Steve Harouche. Laura Boach is our technical director. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Miss Julie Height. Our show is only possible because of your support. We're in the midst of our fall fund drive, and we need you to step up and make your donation now at thisisnashville.org. And while you're there, you can listen back to all of our episodes and the conversation doesn't end here tweet us at this is nashville or send us an email at this is nashville.org this is nashville i'm khalil lake we'll see you tomorrow everybody and be good to each other